it's an awesome education. So I would say just go into it with like the excitement to learn as opposed to being so attached to the outcome because look at what happens. Like you just got to pivot sometimes. Like we had to fully, we fully changed our business, you know, halfway through. So I think that just starting and not being afraid to make mistakes along the way and learn. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. What is the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe with a glass of rosé, chardonnay. Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery celebrates the simple life in Canada's southernmost wine region with food, wine, and Italian charm. They pay homage to the wine-making traditions of the old world, enhanced by the unique terrier of southern Ontario. Made as they were generations before, their high-quality small-batch wines are crafted with minimal intervention using only the best locally grown grapes. From their cellar to their kitchen, it's all about caring on the tradition. You can check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com where you can shop their wide variety of wines, My personal favorite, the 2018 Cabernet Marlot, but they have a wide selection of amazing wines to choose from, as well as gift cards and other amazing items. Be sure to go check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com. Okay, so today I am speaking with Stella, a holistic nutritionist and founder of Stellar Eats. Stella, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, of course. So how about we start off with having you just introduce yourself a bit and tell us a little bit about your business. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm Stella. I am a holistic nutritionist based in Toronto, and I am the co-founder of Stellar Eats, which is a healthy baking mix company. So we make healthy eats that taste like treats. That's kind of our little tagline there. <laughs> we have a bunch of products that are all grain-free, paleo, gluten-free, um, dairy-free, refined sugar-free baking mixes. So really easy ways for people to get creative in the kitchen at home and just be able to you know, cook for themselves in an easy, fun, healthy way, especially during these crazy times where we all have to be cooking and baking at home. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to at the moment. It's obviously a lot running your own business. I was, I I am a holistic nutritionist and I used to see some clients and do one-on-one consults, but I've really transitioned into doing Stellar Eats full-time now, which is super exciting. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to, you know, hear more about that, but I guess before we transition to the business, do you want to just tell us maybe how you first got into this industry with nutrition and fitness, um, as well as becoming a holistic nutritionist? Absolutely. So I'm pretty open about my history with disordered eating. So when I was in high school, um, I struggled with it and into university as well. And I think 
the interesting thing was I, you know, I'm sure like anyone who has struggled before and also most women like go through our lives just thinking that dieting is normal. And so I, yeah, you know, went through my life trying every diet, nothing ever working or sticking because obviously diets don't really work. Um, and it wasn't until I was in, you know, late into my university experience and I was, you know, really obsessed with tracking calories, which was just really messing with my mental health. And then I heard about the paleo diet from someone and I, of course, like tried any diet. So I gave it a shot and kind of what ended up happening was amazing where, because I was you know, eating less processed foods and, you know, less like 100 calorie snack packs and things like that, that obviously are filled with chemicals and things that weren't making me feel my best. Um, I started eating more whole foods, a lot of vegetables, nuts and seeds and protein. And what started to happen was I just started to feel amazing. And it was this, a bit of this aha moment for me where I was like, I've never realized up until this point in my life that anyone ate healthy for reasons other than looking good, which now sounds so crazy because, or like not even looking good, just being skinny. Like that was kind of the epitome of, I was like, oh, that's why people eat healthy is they want to be skinny. And it was just this big shift in my thinking of, oh wait, I have more energy. I feel more mentally clear. I like, I just feel happier and I you know, I'm more pr able to be present in my life because maybe those thoughts about food aren't taking over as much. So obviously that diet worked. I didn't stay on it forever because I think what I, you know, what I realized was I just love fueling myself with whole nourishing foods, things that your body can recognize and not lots of chemicals and processed stuff that I was filling myself with, like drinking so much diet Coke and anything, zero cal. So that was really how I got into health. I would, I had always been really interested in cooking. I had always loved baking. And so I just sort of started to experiment in the kitchen with, you know, making all my favorite foods, but with healthy ingredients. So I'm a big fan of like pumpkin sauce, mac and cheese and like pizza and, you know, just trying to make all those comfort food recipes with ingredients that nourish your body. So that was sort of how I found my way into nutrition school. And then I got certified as a Pilates instructor. Um, that type of movement just feels really good in my body. So I wanted to help share that with others. And that was kind of how I found myself in this health and wellness world. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, that's, it's such an amazing story. And, you know, thank you for sharing that and, you know, being so open about it. And, you know, I think it, like you said, a lot of women do go through those similar sort of lifestyles. So it's nice to sort of hear, you know, those stories and then, you know, how you can really come out of it. And it's really just about, like you said, that mind shift about why is it that you you want to eat this way and what is it you want to feel? So exactly. I absolutely love that. And so, like you said, you sort of started experimenting. And so I guess, that'll lead into, you know, how did your business really come about um, of Stellar Eats? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. I, I think we'll talk about this later as well, but I have zero business experience, like zero, zero. So I ended my holistic nutrition course and I was seeing some clients and, you know, just kind of experimenting, like not really knowing where I fit into this health and wellness world because I was, I knew that I wasn't going to be someone that was going to be selling like detoxes online and selling that diet culture mindset. But I was like, okay, how do I fit in here? Um, and I think I just, I really wanted it 
I really wanted to lower the barrier for people to be able to try healthy food and feel good eating it and feel not deprived. Like eating healthy does not mean sad salads every day. No, thank you. So I ended school and I decided to start a meal delivery business. So this was where I had had a food blog for years called Stellar Health, and I started a meal delivery business called Stellar Eats. Um, So it was just me cooking in my kitchen, um, driving meals around the city to various people. And my cousin had just had a baby, so she didn't have a lot of time on her hands. So she started ordering meals from me. And she was super supportive and she had just exited a business that she had started. So she had all this business business experience and no cooking experience. And then I had, you know, cooking, but no business. So we sort of teamed up um, in this Stellar Eats food venture, this meal delivery venture. Then my one of a, a good friend of mine who I had known since high school, we went to McGill together named Emma, decided she wanted to leave her corporate job and pursue something in food. She's an incredible cook and baker and is just like the best, one of my now best friends. So she reached out and wanted to come help out with Stellar Eats. So she came on and joined the team. And so we were running this meal delivery business. And I think a big thing that really stuck out for me was, I don't know if this aligns completely with what I believe because, you know, I really think it's important for people to feel confident in the kitchen and feel empowered. And I want everyone to feel like eating healthy and and doing it in a way that makes you feel nourished and fulfilled and not deprived isn't hard. Like you can do it yourself. And by giving people meals, it wasn't super aligned with, you know, what like I felt like my mission really was. Simultaneously, you know, obviously like logistics of running a meal delivery company, especially because we were using organic meat, organic fish, organic vegetables. It was so much work and so much logistics. And it just ended up being almost like we were running a restaurant. And I was like, I don't know if I really wanted to run a restaurant um, on wheels. So with all that in mind, I remember this day where I found this note in my phone from years before that just said healthy baking mixes. And it was this crazy day where I literally called Michelle, my cousin, and I was like, I have a crazy idea. Do you want to change our entire business? Can we close down meal delivery and make healthy baking mixes? And I was like, I really think it's going to work because I just feel like it solves all the problems we've encountered. um, And it aligns so well with this, really what the mission is I have in terms of this food space. And she was on board because she's amazing. Um, And then we brought Emma along too. So the three of us sort of joined heads together and really started what now is Stellar Eats, this baking mix company. So it was a total like whirlwind of an experience. Emma and I spent the next four months developing our first couple recipes. Michelle was like on backend logistics. We designed packaging, started, you know, we didn't know anything about this food space at all. We were going in completely blind really. So that was really how it got started. And we just, you know, went in super eager to like a couple retailers and we're like, Hey, we're this local new company. Do you want to take a chance on us? And they did. And it was awesome. And since then the reception has been truly amazing. We've been, you know, so blessed that people have been loving the product and really just seeing people cooking at home and using our mixes and feeling that feeling of like, I can't believe I made this. It's so easy and it tastes so good. Like that's the most fulfilling thing I could have ever hoped for out of this journey. 
I absolutely love that story. And, you know, I think what's so important there too is, you know, you sort of realized that you didn't, you, the values of it like weren't all lined up and something was missing. And then it completely, you know, turned into this whole new business um, that's definitely, you know, succeeding now. And like you said, you said before, didn't really have the business background. And then with the transitioning, it was a whole new sort of avenue. Can you tell us about, you know, how did you learn those back end things and everything? else that goes into running a business itself. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny because like we, Emma and I have this joke that we always say to each other because I'm sure as you know, running a business, things go wrong all the time. It's like kind of just putting out fires consistently. And we just always look at each other and we're like, who let us do this? Like, why are like, we just sometimes will feel so unqualified. And maybe that is a little bit of just like imposter syndrome, but I still feel like I'm learning all the time. I would not call myself an expert by any means, but it is a nice thing when you start to look back and think about, you know, I didn't know, like when I started the meal delivery business, looking back, it's hilarious. When I set my pricing for it, I literally just was like, okay, um, $12 a meal sounds good. Like that was literally all the information I had going into it. I didn't look at pricing of ingredients. I like I didn't think about anything. And then when Michelle came on, I'm really lucky that, you know, my business partner, my cousin, she was like, okay, we need to go to the grocery store and like weigh every ingredient we use and figure out what the cost per gram is and then how much of each ingredient are we putting in the packages and how much does the packaging cost and what does gas cost to go deliver it? It was like this totally eye-opening experience for me. Um, so that, I mean, might make me sound super naive now, but at the time I was like, wow, I just, I had never learned any of this. So I think a lot of it was just, you know, learning along the way and making mistakes and being ready to like pivot and, you know, just, yeah, keep going even when you don't know. And when you don't know something like not being too afraid to ask for help, we've gotten, so much support from friends and family in our lives and people that, you know, when we had our pricing model, we were like, okay, we need to get literally every single person we know to look this over. Um, yeah. So I think just like the more support you can get and ask for the better. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think especially too with entrepreneurs, like people are always so willing to help each other out, which is so great. Um, and just having that support system. And so I guess it's still in the beginning too, you said you came out of school and you, you knew you didn't really want to sort of do the traditional route of it. But did you, was there anything else that really attracted you to the idea of owning your own business and being an entrepreneur as opposed to, you know, going to a corporate job or something of that sort? That's such a good question. And I think um, I'm really lucky because my mom is an entrepreneur. She's an architect. So she's always owned her own business. And I guess, I don't know, in some ways, maybe because I grew up seeing that, I I never really, I kind of always assumed I would do something similar. I loved that she had the freedom to like make her own schedule, pick us up from school. And she was just so present in my life because of the freedom that entrepreneurship provided her with. She works super hard and often crazy hours, but I think what I remember as a child is just having her really there. And yeah, so I think just seeing that, I was, I, it wasn't a shock to me that I ended up trying to do something entrepreneurial. I know, I feel like when I look back, I'm like, did I even consider the alternative? And I don't know if I necessarily did at all. I was just like, okay, what am I going to build now? You know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that definitely makes sense. And, you know, like you said, that's what attracted you to the industry. So that that makes sense um, completely. And also right now, a lot of places are sort of in the back into the second round of lockdown again. Um, You know, lots of gyms closed and stuff like that. So it is hard for people, you know, working out and some people might be finding it hard, like with nutrition and stuff. Do you have just sort of any advice for those for those people just in the health sort of aspect at all? that any of the listeners could sort of take today? Yeah, I think that for sure. I think that, you know, I the term unprecedented times has been thrown around so much, but we really are in these unprecedented times. And I think that a lot of people are really hard on themselves. Like we expect so much of ourselves. We expect the same output, the same productivity, the same motivation out of ourselves. And it's almost crazy because our lives are upside down. Our lives are so different now than they ever were before. So how could we possibly expect the exact same results? Like I'm sure there are so many people that, you know, January 1st, go back, hit the gym, start drinking juices, doing like detoxes. And I've, I've heard from so many of my friends, like I'm just really lacking motivation right now. And I was like, well, think about where does motivation come from? Because it doesn't come from, I want to look this way, so I'm going to do this. It comes from having a rich dynamic life. So going out for dinner with your girlfriends, having these social interactions, hugging your family, like nice dinners, like that type of stuff, I think brings so much joy to people. So it, it creates this like motivation in us to want to be better. And we've been robbed of a lot of those simple pleasures. So I think the number one thing I would say to people is like, don't be so hard on yourself if you're feeling unmotivated, like you just want to like sit on the couch and sleep a lot and you don't feel like working out or eating veggies, like give yourself a break because that is what we're all going through right now. It's crazy times up in here. So I would say kind of let yourself have a break and then try to strip away all the things you should be doing. Like I should be eating veggies. I should be doing this. I should be working out and just try to strip it all back and be like, what do I feel like doing? Like give yourself a rest and then approach it more from a, what kind of movement would feel good today? Maybe it is going on a walk for 10 minutes. Maybe it is going on a run. Maybe it's doing a 10 minute Pilates video on YouTube. Like whatever it is, kind of feel that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great piece of advice. And you brought up another great point there too, where, you know, it is the new year. So everyone sort of has these new goals or resolutions. And so, you know, from a health aspect of that, do you find that that's sort of the way that people should go? Or, you know, is it, is it something else instead of, you know, trying to make these goals in their head? Um, And then, you know, if that is the way, how should people sort of stay motivated with that? Well, like you said, still giving yourself a break. Of course. And I think, look, this is coming from a place of like, I've been there. Like I'm, I was that person like January 1st in the gym. I'm only eating salads. Like I have done that for so many years of my life. And I think only in the last couple have I given myself this kind of grace and permission to not do that. Because I think that it's so ingrained in us to want to like change our whole lives on January 1st. And I think the reality is that resolutions can be like, they're unsustainable. These goals of, if it has to do with especially weight or food, it's like, we're, so we set these unrealistic expectations and then we're going to fall off it 
and then we're going to feel bad about ourselves. Like that's kind of just the way it goes. I feel like I read a statistic once. It was like 90% or something of New Year's resolutions are done by like January 21st. People just fall off. So I think what I would say is I try hard to set more like intentions as opposed to resolutions. So, you know, like I have an intention that I want to just like spend more time outside because I know that's good for my mental health. And what does that do for me? Okay. That kind of makes me like go for more walks, but I'm not saying like, I have to go for a 30 minute walk every day or a 30 minute run every day. I'm not putting timelines or any, or time limits. Um, and then another one would be like, if I feel the need to like, okay, I want a resolution to be less screen time. And then instead of kind of limiting myself there, I try to crowd it out. Like, okay, let's find a good book that you love to read that makes you want to spend less time on the screen at night. So I guess just more like, yeah, intentions over resolutions, I would say is kind of my go-to for this time of year. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Intentions over resolutions. <laughs> I think that's such great advice for anyone listening. And, you know, you talked there too about a good point where, you know, with motivation and, you know, I think this can also sort of come into the business entrepreneurial world where, you know, there could be days where people don't feel motivated to do work or anything like that. And yeah. do you ever sort of get to those points and, you know, what do you do during those times to sort of get out of it? Oh yeah, for sure. There are so many days where you don't feel motivated, especially, um, I think what I'm struggling with currently is when you own your own business there, your self-worth can get so tied to it. Um, so if something good happens in the business, you feel good about yourself. And then when something bad happens in the business, you just feel terrible about yourself. And it's really hard to kind of separate yourself from that. So I think on those days where if something, I have a little hiccup and I start to feel really bad and then I have this, you know, negative thought pattern of, oh my God, it, like, what am I even doing with my life? This isn't worth it. Like nothing's going to work. And I just get so down on myself. And I think this is something I'm struggling with currently. So I don't even know if I have some amazing advice other than I really think it's helpful to reach out to people because either people in your life that are close to you, or I'm also very lucky that I have close business partners who are kind of in the boat with me where I can be like, I'm so stressed. I'm having such a bad day. And hopefully one of them is feeling a little bit more positive and can kind of lift me out of it. Or if you have, you know, a mentor who's in the same space as you, like that's a really helpful thing because if you reach out to them and you go, oh my God, the worst has happened. And they're like, are you kidding? This has happened to me seven times. Like not a big deal at all. It just like puts it into perspective for you a little bit. So yeah, I would say like really just having a strong support system that you can lean on for those tough times and that they can remind you like you're doing great. Like look at all the things you've accomplished. Stop focusing on the one negative thing that happened today. Yes, definitely. I, I think that's a like really great point. And, you know, having that support system is so, so important, especially with entrepreneurship, because I'm like many say it can get very lonely if you're, especially if you're, you know, a solo entrepreneur. So having those people to lean on that know what you're going through is so important. And I want to sort of shift gears a bit too, because I also know that you have a podcast as well, Rock Your Bod Pod, mm -hmm. which I love that name. Um, <laughs> do you want to just tell us a little bit about this and what made you decide to start this? Of course. Yeah. So 
Emma and I, in the days where Stellar Eats was still a meal delivery business, we would often drive to our commercial kitchen together. And it was a pretty far drive. So, you know, we'd get into like nice life chats and something that we both opened up to each other about was our histories with eating disorders. And we sort of came to this realization that we felt like there was a lot of conversation or not a lot. Like, I mean, there's definitely can be more about when you're going through an eating disorder. There's a lot of attention paid to that part of the journey. Um, And then there's a lot of attention paid to like, when you're recovered, this is what it feels like. Like a lot of, you know, social media stuff about that. And we just sort of felt like there was this gap missing in the middle of like, okay, look, I'm not in the thick of an eating disorder and I, but I'm, but I don't feel like I'm fully recovered because I still have these thoughts that creep in. And then we had this hunch, you know, like if we feel this way, chances are a lot of women feel this way. So we just started to reach out to some people and the stories we heard were amazing. You know, little things that persist, like this was a good example. Like, I don't know if you've heard of body checking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where, Basically, body checking is like you have these parts of your body when you're in this disordered eating mind, like mindset a lot of the time where you'll check these parts of your body to kind of check your progress. It's almost like a visual weighing of yourself. And it's so strange because even though you could be years out of an eating disorder, we were like, oh, we still do that in the mirror. Like we still have these parts of our body that we inspect or check out for the purpose of, for what purpose? We were kind of like just noticing these behaviors through these conversations that we didn't even realize were keeping us in this sort of negative disordered eating headspace. So that was really where the podcast started. And then it really just turned into wanting people to have a healthy relationship towards being healthy. That was sort of our, you know, main goal. We wanted people to feel Like, yeah, they had a healthy relationship towards health because I think a lot of the time when people think health, they think, oh, it's all or nothing. It's green juices only. It's like, you can never eat a burger. And we were like, there has to be some balance in this. So that was really what the podcast was about. We we haven't been recording it recently. It got quite busy, one with Stellar Eats. And then I think we both also reached a point where it was getting hard to rehash those memories every, every week, basically, because we were doing so many interviews. And so we were like, at some point, we just sort of felt as though it wasn't serving us in the way we wanted it to anymore. And even though we had really positive feedback and that people were being helped by the podcast, this is the part that, you know, breaks my heart because we, we did take a pause because yeah, it just wasn't serving us. We, we felt like we were cycling, like we were circling these thoughts too often. Um, and it was sort of almost holding us in this space that we wanted to be rid of in a lot of ways. So we haven't been recording recently, but we have been talking about potentially doing like a, a couple one-offs where when we feel inspired, we can go back and record an episode because so much has changed since we recorded our last one, like the whole pandemic happened. So we're thinking of, you know, bringing it back as less of a, you know, every week an episode comes back and more like when we feel inspired to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That definitely makes sense. And I really love the messaging behind that and, you know, where it came from. Um, and like you said, it's so nice to, you know, hear when those stories are helping others get through that. So, you know, I'm excited to see sort of what's to come with those one-off episodes as well. Thank um, you. 
And speaking of, you know, sort of social media and all of that, you did make a post just a while ago where, you know, you put that entrepreneurship has the highest highs and the lowest lows, which I think is so true. And, you know, if you don't mind sharing sort of one of these low points and, you know, how you were able to come out of it. Definitely. I guess entrepreneurship is such a journey. Like it's such a long process. And sometimes I think that that I get impatient. And so when I feel like things aren't, you know, moving forward in the way I want them to, that can be really hard. So I think that's probably like the most consistent low that I deal with. Um, just feeling like, yeah, impatience. I want things to be happening faster. And I think that that's, I'm trying to see that impatience as a driving force. Like that's the reason we're moving forward is because we feel impatient and we feel like this is where we want the business to be. So how do we get it there faster? So it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a bad quality because I'm trying to see it as, you know, it's a quality, um, this drive. And there are moments where it serves you and there are moments where it doesn't. And definitely like having more patience with yourself is like a key in entrepreneurship. And then I think the lows, like, I mean, there are so many mis like we've just made so many mistakes, like so many kitchen mishaps and silly things that have happened that we I'm really lucky that we have such a good sense of humor as a team. Like we're pretty willing to, when something goes wrong, you can bet that the next day we'll be laughing about it. Um, one time we were all in the kitchen. It was like three in the morning because we were renting kitchens in off hours. So we had to use it when like the, when the main people weren't there. So we would go in at night and we would lug all of our ingredients down this like dark hallway in on this trolley into this kitchen and then like make everything by hand and then put everything back on this cart, put it, load it back in the cart, drive it to like one of our houses and store it. So it was just this crazy process and it was already so terrible. And we were all pretty miserable being in there so late at night in this like cold kitchen. And I accidentally forgot a very key ingredient in a batch of 50 mixes that we were making. So I just remember this moment of us realizing that the amount of bags we had for one of the cake mixes didn't match the amount of powder we had and all of us just staring at it. And it was my mistake. Like I didn't put an ingredient in and that it was just, oh my God, like it was so upsetting. Just when you feel like you're trying so hard and you make such a silly human error, but just you feel so silly in the moment. And so we had to, you know, reopen everything and just start all again. And I think it was like, probably some tears were shed, but pretty quickly we were laughing at ourselves because we were just, we looked ridiculous. We were in these like hilarious hairnets in this kitchen. Like just, you know, you have to laugh at yourself in those moments. Otherwise there's no way you're getting through them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad that, you know, you're able to sort of laugh about it afterwards. And like you said, in that, you know, moment, what else, what else can you do? And looking back on those, I'm sure that, you know, you get some good laughs out of it. So oh, Oh, yeah, for that, sure. Yeah, it's great to have that team that, you know, you can really get through that together. And, you know, on the other side of that, um, do you want to talk about maybe one of these really high times that you've talked about that you're really proud of? Definitely. So it actually happened quite recently. I, one of the highest moments was when we made our first sale to a grocery store. We went, you know, we had, tr we had worked so hard, so much effort went into these mixes, like 
developing the recipe, designing the packaging. We stickered all the bags by hand. We created them like our, everything had been leading up to this moment. And we had just been saying over and over again, like, I can't wait until I can just hold the mix in my hand. Like, won't that just feel like the best day ever when, you know, this abstract thought that we have, that kind of feels like a dream. Like when it's a reality is when we're holding the mix in our hands. And then we got the mixes. We were so excited. We went to our first store and they were really positive and awesome. And so we got in the car, like squealing, so excited. And we took a video. And then recently we found the video and it's just so like that to me was such a high because I remembered that feeling of like ultimate joy and pride and excitement about the future. And then watching the video where we in the video, Emma and I are in the car and we go, oh my gosh, we're in one store. Like, can you imagine we're going to look back on this one day when we're in more stores and it's going to be funny. And I think in the moment we watched it, we were in like, now we're in like close, like over 50 retailers. So it was just such a good moment to be able to watch that and just watch how excited I was about one store. And I still feel that way. Every single time we get a new account, it's just this, I don't know, it's like, it's your baby. Like you work so hard on it. It just feels so good when it's recognized by anyone and people want to take a chance on you or I honestly feel pretty lucky. Like we get, I get a lot of highs versus the lows every time someone makes the mixes or messages us or posts it on Instagram, I think you get a little boost of like, okay, what we're doing is good. Like I love watching people make these mixes and feel excited in the kitchen and eat them and love them. And that's just the best feeling ever. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, being able to sort of look back and see, you know, how far you've come and, you know, at that moment too, like all the work you're putting into it for so long was worth it and everything. So I love hearing about those stories. And, you know, with that too, is there sort of one piece of advice that maybe you would wish you had known when you first started your business or that you would give to someone else who's looking to start a business? For sure. Um, I feel like the just start one is overdone. Um, but I think that it's, it rings so true. Um, but I think the thing that I would say specifically to people who don't have a business background, because I think that so many people hold off starting because they feel unqualified. And like, I'm telling you, there was no one who was less qualified than me. And if I can do it, you can do it. Like you just learn as you go you have to be prepared to make mistakes, to like admit when you're wrong, to like let go of your ego and just be ready to learn. Because I think that that's one of the best parts about entrepreneurship is like you're, you're every part of the business. So it's like, I'm not just in marketing, I'm in production, I'm in like operations, I'm in finance, I'm in, you know, like sales. I'm like, you're just, you're learning constantly all the time. So you're not going to be good at everything, but it's an awesome education. So I would say just go into it with like the excitement to learn as opposed to being so attached to the outcome because look at what happens. Like you just got to pivot sometimes. Like we had to fully, we fully changed our business, you know, halfway through. So I think that just starting and not being afraid to make mistakes along the way and learn. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And, um, you know, I definitely agree. And uh, like a lot of the times you don't really know where the business is even going to go until you get into it. So like you said, if you just start, then that's, you know, the best first start. And, you know, going forward now, is there any sort of upcoming plans that we can all watch out for with your business you'd like to share? 
Yes, we have some new products coming out very soon, which I'm really excited about. It's one of my favorite parts of the business is recipe testing and creating the new product. So we have some really exciting new ones, both seasonal and permanent. And yeah, I think we're just really looking to keep growing um, our line and creating new products for you. Um, and yeah, just keep, I guess, yeah, growing all throughout Canada and potentially into the U.S. as well. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited for those to come out and to sort of see where everything goes and where can people go to find you and your business online to follow along? Yes, you can follow along with Stellar Period Eats on Instagram. So it's Stellar Eats, the best one to follow. Emma takes all the photos and they're just absolutely drool worthy food photography. She crushes it. <laughs> While we're talking about female-founded businesses, you guys have to check out SheKind, an independent Canadian retail boutique. SheKind is run by a mother-daughter duo with the goal of making women look and feel their absolute best with the thing we love, fashion. All of the brands that they partner with are either female-founded or female-led. Head over to SheKind.ca to shop their super cute clothing by all female-led brands, and right now you can get 20% off your first purchase using code MADEIT20. That's 20% off using code M-A-D-E-I-T-2-0 at shekind.ca. One use per customer. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.